This is the Powered by Rock podcast with your host, Isaac Kuhlman. You're about to discover the most entertaining rock music podcast on the planet, filled with the best stories straight from rock musicians from all over the world. Rock music isn't dead. It's getting better and better. It's time to start paying attention again. With that said, let's get this party started. The mountain's gonna rise and fall by me. Hello and welcome to the Powered by Rock podcast. We're only speaking with Cody Levitt from Asteroid M Records out of Las Vegas today. Asteroid M is a multi-purpose label that not only helps distribute awesome music in various formats, both digitally and physically, but Cody also helps record, mix, and, and master tracks and albums in his home. Basically, the studio you're seeing that he's kind of sitting in right there. There's a whole cool freaking scene in there. And he even hosts live band performances that are aired on the Asteroid M YouTube channel as well. Not only that, but he helps promote and organize shows for bands in Vegas as well as plays in a band called Not For Sale. So he's a pretty freaking busy guy with a lot of talent and a massively helpful individual in the Las Vegas music scene. Hey, Cody, welcome to the show. Hello. How is everyone doing today? Yeah, hope they're uh, hope they're burning in hell. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> it's October. No one should be burning unless this global warming thing is like another 20 years down the road. So Yeah, yeah. No, that's uh, we might not be here in 20, 30 years, right? It's like uh, all these projections. If we don't blow ourselves correct. up first, man. Yeah, no, that's getting even worse. But uh, mm-hmm. let's let's sidetrack that conversation for maybe a little yeah, bit no, later in the uh, yeah. curve. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so you're gonna see a lot of ninja hands today, people. Like yeah. I'm all, I, I got a frame here. I'm gonna use it. I go up to here. We're gonna we're gonna be active. Yeah, he's a he's a, he's a talk he's a talk with your entire body kind of individual, which is something mm-hmm. that if you're not watching this on the video and you're listening to it just on like Spotify or Apple, go check out the video because then you'll see Cody doing ninja tricks and maybe uh having a they're not tricks man i studied a long time to be able to do what i do (laughs) these aren't tricks these are proven mechanisms all right well let's get back on track and let's talk about what i think you know obviously when i talk about what with individuals i want to know you know what's the best story for from that person that band that whatever the story is right and I think with you, it's it's you're like embedded in Las Vegas music for a long time now. And I, have you lived here your whole life? I don't think you've lived here your whole life, but you've been here for a long ass time, right? Yeah. So I'm sixth generation on my dad's side. I'm like sixth generation Mormon. Go back to like the, the handcart pioneers and all that stuff. My last yeah. name's Levitt. There's like three or four thousand Levitts in town that I'm all related to. I'm like super Mormon on that side. So my... Um, uh, my grandma on my mom's side was a prostitute, had 13 kids. My mom's the second youngest out of 13. So she kind of came from this like crazy Long Beach kind of like upbringing. Um, so a lot of my family on that side is a little bit like that. They got together, moved to Vegas, um, or she moved to Vegas, got together with my dad on some Mormon Mormon stuff. And they eloped, mm-hmm. actually had me and my sister in Alaska. So I was actually technically born in Alaska, lived there for two years, moved back to Vegas. And then I've been here since then. I've moved up to... Uh, I think I moved up to Utah for about three or four months one time. And other than that, it's just been Vegas my whole life. Yeah. And so you've, you've been here. I mean, I'm, you're roughly my age. I think you might be a year or two older or younger. I don't even know, but a long time. Like I've been here for like almost 17 years, I think 17 years now. And that feels yeah. like I've never let, I've never lived anywhere else at this point. It's like I've, I've lived here for so long. long. Yeah. So how did you get to the point where, you know, obviously 
coming through all the musical endeavors that you've had and all the, 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 you know, the, just the interest that you've had in music, how did you come up and, and actually create Asteroid M and what was the kind of, you know, kind of formation like, I mean, obviously you probably started playing an instrument. Yeah. I know you still play instruments, but then where did that, like, how did that lead to, you don't have to go all the way back to like, you know, the yeah. first thing you ever did, but you know, kind of in, in that sense of how did you come, how did you start Asteroid M? So to culminate all that first part up, was in the scene for a long time, played in bands, bands came, bands went. Um, I was in this band, the People's Whiskey out here. And then okay. for whatever reason, the People's Whiskey's kind of started to slow down. But I was kind of just on all gears firing in my early 20s, like I want to get my music out. So um, I started uh, expanding out of the People's Whiskey with my first, my first, I'd say my first real jump off into the scene as, as a contributor, besides like being in a band was um, I did with Squid Hat Records. They had a... Um, a punk rock compilation I did with them three, three of them, Desert Rats with Baseball Gap Bats. So the first one I think was 2011 or tw I think 2011, I started setting it up, um, worked out of a studio, worked with Alan and from Squid Hat. And then I just pretty much hit up every local band that I could to try to get it on there that I was a big fan of. And that's how I initially kind of met like a Brendan from Mercy Music. And uh, there's so many people from that scene that are still hanging yeah. out now. Rest but, in uh, peace Squid Hat Records. They, they went out of business, but yeah. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, went out of business in so much as Alan was like pretty much like, hey, man, I've, I've given like almost a decade of my life to helping all you assholes yeah. out. I'm going to yeah. enjoy some of my life. And dude, I can totally understand where he's coming from at this point. You know, Yeah, I, 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 when I say out of business, I don't mean like yeah. he was like, hey, this is making a bunch of money and we lost it. It was just like, this is just how independent record labels are. It's like you Not just to think it's a thankless man. It's a thankless yeah. um, <laughs> job to have. Like for sure, you have to do it because you're some sort of weirdo who cares more about music than yourself you know what i mean or money because, or anything else yeah your time <laughs> your family <laughs> all those things <laughs> right yeah, yeah which is why i get to do asteroid m i don't you know it's just me and my girl I don't have kids and things like that yeah so um going back to it yeah i started doing these um compilations so we got three of them out we got them pressed on vinyl it was really cool and so that was kind of my jump off somewhere around there um i have my friend um there's uh this band out here, the CGs that I started, um, like Greg's still, Greg's still in Desert Island Boys and Ugly Boy, and it was his first band. So they were in the middle of, a, of there was a big East Side scene. There always has been out here, but I just started kind of, I was a little bit older and I'd see the kids and they were throwing all these shows and they were just kind of like young and dumb about it. So I kind of stepped in, not wanting to or not trying to, but ended up being a mentor to a lot of the, like the younger East Side kids as far as like, um, Look, this is how we should throw shows. This is how we can actually turn this into profitable and make it safe, et cetera, yada, yada, yada. So then I just kind of got entrenched like four or five generations back in the east side scene out here, which is for those who aren't in Las Vegas. It's um predominantly like Latino-based, like house parties. Like we'll have like two, three hundred kids in a backyard. Um, it's definitely a gray area of the law. We have to deal with the police very regularly. And it's so it's kind of like um it's you know if you're a kid it's right where you want to be it's the coolest funnest most edgiest shit um yeah. if you're a parent a lot it's, of it's, it's like a lot on the hardcore scene side too like it's not all in the hardcore scene but a lot of it can be too so it kind of has like a, a resurgence i think lately anyway oh yeah I, I mean i can i've been telling kids the whole time it's like right now we're the scenes that's the healthiest i've ever i've ever seen it and uh yeah. It's, it's amazing. So this would be around like the 2012 and 2015. It's about 10 years ago I started getting into doing all these shows and house parties and putting on shows myself. And then right around that time I started. I, so I was working. I mentioned in the studio before because there was this place out here, um, Camel Hump Studios. And they would let me bring get bands in the door 
and I can exchange that for studio time and practice rehearsal time for my bands. So I damn near worked out of there because I wanted to make so much music. Yeah. After a little while, it kind of was like, wow, I've been in the studio a while. I understand the uh, you know, signal chain, gain staging, all these basic concepts. I want to learn uh, recording. So I started my process there like probably like 10 years ago with like a little eight track recorder. I wasn't using their gear. I used the rehearsal room and my little gear and try and learn how to record. And uh, the first thing I ever like really was like a real full album I did was the uh, You Can't Find Anymore. It was the original, original Anti-Vision album, um, nice. like 20, 2015. Yeah. Um, did that for a little while. I would just record as many bands for free as I could. And I think somewhere around 2017, I'd just been doing this for like six or seven years, like organizing all like all these aspects of everything, recording the things, putting on and doing the shit. And it was like, well, I, fuck, man, I need to probably make something out of this. So I, that's when I started the label because I finally felt like I was the recordings were getting solid enough that I wasn't like, you know, embarrassed to put them out and didn't sound like horrible. And yeah. it was just one of those things. I'm really into documenting culture. I, I love history. Like anything that has to do with history, you could talk to me about like Constantinople or any, you know anything or something for 20 years ago. And I, I'm a sucker for that. So yeah. I love this music scene. I love my city and I love history. So then it's just kind of like all boiled together to me, just trying to document as much of my local music scene as possible. You know, it's, it's a record label, but that's just cause you have to call it something. It's really just my dumbass out here trying to record and video shoot and edit and just document as much of my local culture as possible. Yeah. I mean, you could call it a, pro a project or whatever. I mean, it, it really is. Cause you, you have the, the recording side, you have the live streaming, you have, like just the shows you do kind of everything right so it's not just you're not one like i said you're a multifaceted kind of guy so um did you ever think like when you first started out playing music that you were ever going to kind of transition into the industry side of it or anything like that or was this you know nah i have like, like, uh, i have a a mind shift syndrome yeah i'm still waiting for people to figure out that it's all the farce bro <laughs> <laughs> but i don't think that's ever going to go away um but i do know like so I think a lot of people who've grown up in hard situations can kind of relate to the fact is like, whether you know if you can do something or not, you kind of learn that you're going to be okay, you're going to get through things and that you have the power to kind of like grow and move forward. And it's just tenacity, right? So everything I do, I feel like I'm I'm the tortoise in the story of the tortoise and the hare. I'm just every day like, I need to edit a video, put it out <laughs> on the internet. I'm you know, I'm just slowly but slowly. And I know that from everything I've observed that um, whatever your version of success is, is only going to come if you don't quit, if you just yeah. keep going. And I also know a lot of stories of people who are just right about there and then quit, come to find out they could have been there. So uh, there to me is just getting people to recognize the fact that we have such an amazing hot spring of local culture and music and arts in, in Las Vegas because it's such – it's known for being such a vapid city and i feel like we're finally like growing up out here in the 90s like any of the gen xers will tell you if you talk to anybody from vegas and gen x like this is a very desolate like it was a real fuck you was extra generation xy out here if that makes sense because we just had the casinos and the casino it was the casinos and the fucking military base and that was it if it wasn't that it was a little bit of construction but in blue collar shit but there wasn't nothing out here and nothing was going to happen and the only thing people ever even knew about was our casinos so yeah. from the 80s on up you've seen this like there's the same scene i'm continuing today started with like uh danny breeden chris moon rob ruckus all these old dude you know like guy greeble all my old friends um you know a couple generations before me and it hasn't really stopped but after about 30 years like enough of these people have grown old enough to be established cult you know the, the older class of culture in the community so like 
what they think is viable isn't casinos. It's the shit that they participated in. So we've had, we've kind of had enough generations pass to we've developed a cultural identity, I think, in probably in the last 10 years. And so it's just really exciting to be part of that aspect, you know, for whatever it's worth and for whatever my little nook and cranny is being in the East side punk rock scene or, you know, whatever that means. Yeah. In Las Vegas. Yeah. And that's the one thing I like about talking with you. Cause we, we actually started talking, I think we actually did meet for the first time in person at uh, punk rock bowling and got to talk and, yeah. Uh, you know, it's it's like, you know, you've been here a lot longer, especially specifically active in the music scene. I played in a band. I played drums in a band about uh, a long time now, 10 years ago, probably now at this point. But uh, we weren't that active. Like we just kind of played. We played a couple of shows, but uh, we didn't get uh, too far before then the lead singer decided to get a girlfriend and then move to San Diego. Fucking and lead then, singers. Yeah. If there's any <laughs> lead singers watching this. You know what you fucking did. Shame yeah. on you. I don't know what you yeah. did yesterday, but you lead singered something. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. That's the thing about lead singers. Yeah. So it's like, you know, I wasn't like, even when like 10 years ago, you know, we, we would try to reach out to other bands, see where there was like shows that you could play. We had to play like a coffee shop. We had to play like a house party. Like and then mm. we're like, you know, 30 years old. Like this is awkward. Like you're, Hey, come over to our house and like hang right. out while we play a show. People are like, Hey, coworkers, do that. we are yeah. into music. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Do you remember not another teen movie? It's like that, but we're 30. Yeah, exactly right. So it's like, oh, this is weird. So like, you know, now there's a lot more things out there. And when we got to talking, it was like, you know, there was certain things about, you know, like the Huntridge Theater and that's, you know, coming back. But, you know, there, it may, may not be the same, but it's it's still yeah. coming back. Um, but, you know, there's certain things that were lost, but at the same time, there's a lot of things that are gained. So bunkhouse saloon burning down that's one thing that's lost that's probably never coming back at least not that i can see um no. something may replace it but there's not, other not things like that, that are cropping up. Yeah. yeah not not there, that there, like a bar and a live venue i doubt that yeah and that was a really cool place it was kind that's of right down but it was like so cool to just go in there and like and have a patio that you like or a backyard or whatever you want to call it to like just go that out and like hang out for the heartbeat of the whole macro five scene and, and shout yeah. out to everyone fucking death gc records fucking um holding on to sound uh, still the best best punk band to come out of vegas nice um, yeah that was so, great that was all bunkhouse that's why i like talking to you because like it's it's you know somebody who doesn't know anything about vegas music you know the the punk rock museums here now right like yeah. How much of that punk rock museum is, is Vegas related? Very, very little. Like, I That's think they... not true. Hold on. Whoa, whoa. We got to well, pause the brakes here. Thus, Vegas has a whole fucking section there. Like a whole Now section. they do. Now no, they no, do. No, no. Since they started it. And furthermore, really? the people, so all like three or four of the people who were on board from the beginning as curators are Las Vegas local OGs, elder statesmen in the scene. So I, I have to dispel any I of those rumors. The, if you the, go to the, the bathrooms, display. everything in that whole bathroom region is all Las Vegas punk rock shit. Like I literally we have, I think a bigger section than near England. So like they were very conscientious about like Fat okay. Michael's cool shit and whoever else was working on it with them about coming out here and using our city and then giving it like, all right, cool. Here's a disproportionately large part of the museum for your city. So I, I can't say that they like, they it's well represented. And if you go there, like, Everyone working there are all certifiable Las Vegas punk rockers. Like I know like, that uh, like the people for sure. I did not see anything because I first of all I didn't use the bathroom, which probably my fault. You, you missed like, out on everything. Yeah, <laughs> but I was like, where the fuck? I, I think there was somebody said like there's a display over there, and it was like it didn't look that big. But like if you no, if like, I did wall bathroom. to wall, top to bottom. I'm I, I literally uh, when it was so not literally video videographically. 
anyways um by the time this comes out i think i'm dropping a video that's going to have uh, ruckus danny and guy griebel going over some of their favorite stories nice. at that place in the punk rock museum so no it's it's cool it's the shit i co-sign on that thing all day yeah and i've been there and it's cool like i didn't have a guided tour so you know it was me just kind of looking around right. so it, it helps to have a guided tour where somebody's explaining like each of the different sections and possibly like taking you into the bathroom and showing you that there's something and they're like, Hey, you want to go check out the bathroom if you want to see the Las Vegas stuff. So um, that is definitely cool. Like, and that's one thing I will say about the, the, the punk rock museum is the time it's most worth it is if you get a guided tour, because those people have so much good knowledge and in history, even if it's, even if it's just the local ones or, you know, the, the, uh, it doesn't have to be like a celebrity punk or anything. You'll get a lot more information out of it than just going walking by yourself. Cause I was like, there's a lot of stuff to take in, but um that again like you and i we like history like you know i, I was actually a history major in college but like it wasn't punk history it was freaking antiquities like ancient roman and, right. and greek right so like Same i like thing, to man. study all that <laughs> stuff and, and learn more and more about pretty much any place that i ever live in and any place that i ever visit it's like i want to learn more about this history so that's why one of the big reasons why i wanted to have you on is because i could sit here and talk about las vegas but it's going to be a very narrow amount of time compared to yours where it's like, you know, you've got this whole history for, you know, 40 years or whatever. So uh, my questions will always stem like, you know, how is this compared to that? How does it, you know, cause yeah. in my opinion, there's certain things now and we'll talk about bands here in a second that are playing now that obviously literally all came out after COVID that when I was playing 10 years ago, none of these bands existed. Some of them were not even yeah. like in high school yet, but then others were like, you know, even like not for sale i don't think it's been around for 10 years i don't think but it has but uh, jared davis was just like an acoustic performer for a while and yeah he kind of um you know everything lined up so where we were all like cool let's get in the band a couple years ago but that was also a covid thing and covid's my argument like when in the history of rock and roll music have fucking teenagers had like a year and a half to just sit down and hash music i don't know it wasn't in person but literally just sit down and hash out frustrations and feelings like now you're yeah. a teenager in the social media age and you have a pandemic so then you have like all these fucking kids got locked away and got to sit down and actually kind of make music and then so yeah. when the pandemic came out there's more there's so many fucking we're in las vegas and like i think so in the last year i've done 67 sessions or something like that with yeah. with bands and i haven't even scratched the fucking surface and they're all great yeah. like, it just went boop. it's like yeah. after uh like it's you know it's like it was like there was a forest fire and then it flooded and then the growth that came after that was just like fucking insane so that's why i'm like i i, I like i did two sessions yes i'm i'm like trying to do two or three sessions a week just trying to document as much as i can yeah. and i can't even keep up with the rate of and i just keep being like who's this band let me go check them out oh that's cool shit it, yeah. it's it's great man it's an amazing that's how thing i feel i'm like every, every time somebody messages me they're like hey we're a new band i'm like how have i not heard of you like I've, I've literally thought i knew like every band at this point but not even close and then you go look at them and then you like notice that like oh they were on that show last month they were that band i didn't notice they were on that yeah, oh, exactly. okay. i have been yep. seeing them around i just didn't notice yeah you know, i thought it was like a, a out of town band or something yeah. like that yeah. yeah i've been checking that a lot lately you know the yeah. little 174 like bands i'm watching you guys i'm watching yep. all you yep. motherfuckers. <laughs> do your thing it's fucking awesome i love to see it yeah. And, uh, you know, obviously, you know, the one thing I do want to talk about is kind of where you see, you know, I've talked to you about like, you know, Anti-Vision and some of these other bands that have kind of been around for a while, but they're literally like the torchbearers from like the previous generation of, Ten years ago. you know, bands to like the new bands, right? Like they still play with new bands. They're obviously, you know, kind of spread out a little bit over the West Coast now, but, you know, these bands come here, play their shows 
and then get like actual bands from right now playing on the shows. You don't see a lot of kind of cross generational shows, except for mostly in the hardcore scene right now, or even like in a, um, you know, the, uh, well, I could say cross cross genre shows, but cross generational shows. I usually only see that in the hardcore shows right now. Whereas like, you don't see mercy music playing with like pure sport right now. You know, you don't see an older punk band playing with a younger punk band. You see, you know, uh, anti-vision playing with pure sport in a hardcore kind of show, which pure sport kind of blends both genres pretty well. Right. Um, but I'm like, that's band of Vegas. Yeah. They're fucking awesome. So I think there's, there's just a way that like, some of these bands need to start playing with the other bands and kind of bringing them together. And, and I had Crimson Riot play with like white noise for a show. And I'm like, you know, just cause we're like 40 doesn't mean we can't play with 25 year olds. Like they absolutely should be playing together as long as the, the scene fits for that show. But kind of talk to me about like, what do you see from like the, the previous generations to the new generations? What's different? What's the same? How do they fit together and how are they like, you know, falling apart or, you know, honestly, I think everything you're just talking about just comes down to peer groups, man, to be quite honest with you. Cause like now that you've booked white noise with the RGP, like watch how that's going to happen now because they've met, you know what I mean? So like, like I traverse a lot of scenes, like no joke. I know everyone from the oldest motherfuckers in the scene who are like in their seventies now to like the most brand newest 14 year old who just came up to me at the last show. And you know, I'm not going to shout them out because they're 14, but like, we're like interested in local music and shit. Like, so I know like the whole thing. And the only thing that separates them is just who knows who, because you introduced this band to this band. Now they're playing together. And like, it's not because it's, I don't even think there's that, like who's older, who's not. Cause like, and not for sales. And like, I mean, Robbie's an anti-vision, but like, you know, we're all, me and Jared, I think Jared's 42. So like, we are like, I'm 39, he's 42. So we're definitely like the kid's parents' age. But yeah. if you go out there and like, you have music that doesn't suck, I guess, or you have music that's still relevant, which I, I would argue like all these older generational bands do, because nowadays yeah. kids don't like, when we were younger, what was new and what was cutting edge was what was hip, right? And yeah. that's still the case today, right? But also the kids go back and they like the back catalog too. So what was old is also hip. So if you do like a 90s grunge thing, good, kids are going to like it, right? Yeah. If you do anything good, the kids are going to like it. So I don't really think the kids have that stigma anymore because they like such a breadth of music from really old school shit to like, bro, like you tell me this, like if there wasn't like a um, Fleetwood Mac reunion, if everyone was still alive, once that viral video of the homie skating went viral, if they would have had concerts, hell, the kids would have gone and seen Fleetwood Mac. They wouldn't care that they're all in their 70s. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I feel like the kids got the right vibe. And to bring this back to the question, I think the only thing is, is just that integration. So I really like we got the, we got a show coming up here um, on Friday. And so I've got like a Lean 13 in on that, too. And because Lean 13 is literally one of my favorite fucking punk bands in Vegas, dude. They do the like street punk shit that I fucking love. And the kids would yeah. love it too. They just don't fucking know about it. Yeah. So let me throw them in there. And then once I throw them in there, like same with the like how Corporation's got a great following now because we've been putting them on all ages shows. And Corporation's yeah. uh, been playing as a punk band in one variety or another since like 2006, right? So yeah. that's, and it's still like the kids still get down for that. So it, it's cool because I don't really think other than just social clicks, there's anything that separates like the older class from the younger class. Like from yeah. where I'm sitting, cause I'm friends with all of them. It's all the same type of people who just eventually have to meet to like, make these things happen. Yeah. I, I don't disagree at all. And that's why I start trying to like book people from, you know, 25s to, you know, the forties the or whatever. And, you know, I don't try to book a lot of shows, but when I do, I'm like, I want to get you people do great that you do great not- shows. I love your shows. Yeah. Thanks. I don't want to book somebody that's like all like the same group, right? I want to, I want cross promotional 
groups because I want them to see right. new music that they've never right. seen before. And I think that there's that that idea that, you know, most people that are playing all ages shows can't play 21 and over shows and 21 and over shows can't play all ages shows because it's a different crowd. It's like, put That's them together, that. yeah, exactly put them together so that, that way they can, right? <laughs> and it's like, right. well, they don't have a draw with a, a, a over 21 crowd or they don't have a draw with an all ages crowd. Well, that's why like, I tell those people, we're going to put you on it first. And yep. then the next show, I'll put you on, you know what I mean? And we're going to exactly. go easy on in there because like, you know, it's, it's an acquired taste, right? Like, who are these old dudes? Oh, that didn't suck. All these guys were pretty good. And you see them the next time. That was pretty good. I liked it. And that's how it grows, you know, yeah, exactly. or vice versa. Who the fuck? Um, so I'm friends with the, the scout, half of the scoundrels, the band of scoundrels. Um, they were doing these, like, sm uh, you could go to the dive bar and smoke weed. And they had these cool, like jam sessions over there for a couple of years. Yeah. And about two years ago, pure sport did one. And, uh, my buddy Steve from the band is telling me, he's like, you know, when we played, I like, I seen that they had talent, but like, they were definitely not where they're at now. Yeah. And then two years later, my, in my opinion, the best band in Vegas. So yeah. it's just cool to be able to see that progression. And, and then like, see, like, you know, go, like I said, it goes both ways. So now Steve and all those older cats are like, Oh, pure sport. Okay. All right. We see you guys. And vice versa. Pure sports are like, Oh, there's these dudes who are damn near our grandpa's age who still, and the more aware we become of each other as a, as an overall music community, the less there's going to be lines between all these. Cause we have like the, um, like my East side scene. Then you've kind of got like the Summerlin Henderson downtown hardcore scene, you know, Eagle Airy hall, uh, yeah. Legion and all that stuff. And so you kind of got that suburban hardcore thing. And, you know, not to say it doesn't also have its, its urban thing, but, um, then you have like the downtown cool kids kind of like we're all in our mid twenties and we're making really artsy, cool rock and roll music. And I love that scene. Cause that's the scene where I'm seeing the most participation from um, women being like accepted yeah. and just being straight badasses and owning it. So it's cool. Cause you're starting to see this inclusivity come in. So I'm loving to see all these like little things pop up. I just want to pop the bubbles and just mix the whole soup up and get everyone yeah. moving together. So I think a lot of the times with the sessions. Uh, so when I have people over for sessions, I'll pull from the different scenes and then they'll, they'll invariably be like, we're going to go do this thing. What is it? So then they go watch sessions. And most people, my favorite thing to hear is, oh, man, like I was checking out this band. I didn't even know they existed. I fucking love them now. So yeah. that's my that's my success, right? It's the more people become aware of these things, the more I'm just like, fuck, yeah, I want to keep recording these things because I'm just sitting here. I'm the ultimate fan. I'm only doing this because I'm the ultimate fan. You know what that's, I mean? Like That's how I, I feel, too. Putting my whole yeah, we're weirdos, dude. We're weird as shit. <laughs> and I wouldn't be putting my whole life on this if I didn't care this much. If it wasn't my religion, if it wasn't one of the only things that can make me happy in this world. So it's yeah. it's you know I think all like I said all the time, and you're here in my room on a broadcast. But anyone who makes it into my house is a fucking weirdo. You're some weird music person who never gave up. Doesn't like a lot of the shit on the outside. So you, can, you know what I do like music, and um, we're lifers. It's weird fucking yeah. people, you know. And so. Those are my people. And uh, yeah, I, I mean, like, I put Detective Frog, who I've only heard on through their Spotify stuff on a show. Oh, yeah. And I went and watched them. I was like, holy fucking shit, this band absolutely rips. I'm like, I fucking love this band. They're so good. Yeah, and like, people were like, yeah, they're, they're good. I'm like, okay. So, like, <laughs> would you say that even if they were bad? Like, I don't know. Like, the music on Spotify was fine. Like, it's good. But then you never know what that's going to look like when they play live. And you, I was like, like how do you shit. capture pure sport, you know, on, on, on a recording, right? Exactly. You know, it's like so. pure energy. It's like, that's what you want to see when you see somebody play live and oh, yeah. quiet in the ashes. And, a lot and of these Jacob, guys, you know? Jacob's fucking Jacob from Detective Frog and yep. man, that the whole band, dude, everyone in the band's fucking, I love that band. They got yeah. some cool stuff, man. I kind of like their whole vibe. I've actually recorded the, the last few songs. Um, yeah. Uh, and then, yeah, same thing with Wyatt or AJ, we should AJ, say. Yeah. Uh, 
uh he always does that to me he fucking named his band a different name than himself and the band name is close yeah. to him and so he'll be over here and we'll be friends and i'll be like aj aj, AJ. so hey what fuck yeah fuck. <laughs> sorry man i know your name i swear to god aj we're best buds but but uh no he's he's great man people like that his band's a great addition too um you haven't got to see them yet have you i did yeah they played on the same show with the detective okay. frogs so, yeah. so then you got a taste yeah yeah, yeah. That, that, people yeah. don't know man like aj's been grinding so fucking hard out here for two or three years and i i've been just watching him just like put on other people and show respect and fucking like like go out and support and support and support and then, so this year we were finally uh able to help him get a band together and fucking a band of killer ass musicians so yeah i like i don't say this lightly but like he's my vote for like the newest mercy music capable level artist yeah like it, yeah. It, if they it, they keep pushing the narratives like they are they rehearse over here at the studio so like actually they're going to be rehearsing here tonight and i just i'll uh, come check them out I'm just like fuck dude they're they're one to watch out here for sure Shout yeah, out and I had a great conversation where, you know, he's talking about how hard he's worked and all this stuff. And I'm like, dude, I'm a huge fan. Like, I will never, I will never say that you don't make fucking great music. You don't put on great shows. So, yeah, I mean, that was, it was actually their first headline show that I put on. Unfortunately, the problem with headline shows is that usually you go on at like 11 and everybody goes home at like 10 or like they that, leave. It's well, like, so with headlines, I don't ever put headliners on last. To me, first, first and last slots are the worst slots. So those are the, hey, you're doing me a favor. I'll put you on a better slot next show things. And yeah. then your two, your, your middle slots. So, so if I have an out of town band, guaranteed they're third. If it's yeah. like, if it's a four band night and it's like, say like um, Double Down or Red Dwarf, second band. That's where, yeah. where everyone's there. I want it's that. Because every band. show in Las Vegas starts at like 8 or 9 p.m. earliest, not like 7. Like nor normal cities will have like a show start at like 7 and be done yeah. by like 10. But then that's why the headliner goes on last. But not in Las Vegas. You have to have the headliner go in the middle, which is something I'm learning as I'm promoting shows. I'm like, where the fuck is everybody going? Like, the show is not over yet. Why I mean, aren't unless you, you know the headliner's like got that draw that people are going to come and stay for. Generally, yeah. what a head, what, so all, pretty much all the shows I book, 99% uh, of the shows I book are for. Uh, what i call the circuit i'm friends with all the other like co-punk people at my level yeah. throughout the country and so we just help each other out and so that's the thing is like when they're coming out here it's like yeah they might have played here six times that doesn't mean there's like 70 people in town who are coming out so it's like let's try and book you a show with a bunch of good locals put you right in the middle of that sandwich so that you're guaranteed you know being there Somebody with the cheese and the meat you know yeah 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 and that's that's you know the more i'm seeing that the more i'm learning and it's like why is it why why is it not like vegas is not like any other city in 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 just it's weird four hour town man i know it's like in weird ways it's like okay well you Night shift don't get off to 11 most times yeah and that's true and then some people are like well we're just getting the night started so we're drinking mm -hmm. here from 9 to 11 and then we're going out from 11 yeah. to 1 a.m yeah. or 2 a.m right so it makes a little interesting sort of like case study for anybody who's trying to figure out how to promote a show in vegas is like yeah the the, the 10 p.m 10 p.m yeah. slot is usually the best yeah definitely yeah yeah, yeah. 10, 10 to ten thirty to 11 is that prime time for everyone yeah uh if, you, if you're at later venues 12 o'clock like 11 45 to 12 30 is your prime time but it's sharp it's like good 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 fuck off yeah quick, yeah so. that's like, it's hard, talking about like double down here. or something like that where they start at like midnight basically and it's like well the first band's usually going to get that that draw and then unless they're a good close it's not like it used to be it used to be like yeah. double down it'd be four in the morning and still be 80 people in there but it's not quite yeah. like that anymore yeah so let's talk about some of the surge of local las vegas bands because obviously we've Let talked us. about you know some of these already just 
indirectly without being questioned about it. But, you know, we're, we're, I'm over 40, I'm 41. I'll be 42 soon. You're almost 40. And you know, it's, it's a bit refreshing for 40 year olds to talk about, you know, bands in their twenties, right. You know, you don't hear that. You never hear that on the radio. It's like, Hey, we're a disc jockey who's 40 years old talking about a band who's coming up in their 20s. It's like, that's, that's as time as old, you know, a tale as old as time. But what I'm saying here is that we're not the ones, we're not judging it like the, the old groups used to do, right? Like when I was young, if you were 40, you hated the new music, right? Like you hated the music I was making when I was in my teens and 20s. It and, it, like, and it went both ways. Like it, it would be like, you know, if you're sitting there jamming, your dad's like, have you heard of Steely Dan? It's like, get the fuck out of here. I don't want yeah. to really fucking I've heard band. Steely Dan and it fucking sucks, bro. <laughs> yeah, get out of here, bro. Have you heard about Rage Against the Machine? Yeah, exactly. Like, that's so what it's the like, fuck is that guitar noise? That ain't even a guitar. <laughs> yeah. Nowadays, not like that. Yeah. So what kind of like, what kind of, obviously, you, you know, the old generation, you got the new generation, but what kind of bands like, you know, obviously there's, there's bands like, Detective Frog, White in the Ashes, a little older, but then there's bands that, you know, the Dollheads, 16, 15, 14, whatever they are, you know, they're coming up and they're, they're one on the, the they're fucking young. going places. Like, yeah. They're fucking <laughs> going places. They're, yeah. if they're, if they don't blow the fuck up, I'd be surprised. Like, and I mean, like, blow the fuck up, like, all the way, killers level, blow the fuck up. They, they got the whole thing. They're fucking humble. They got like this sibling, like, you can have, um, what's called genetic harmony. It's like when, you know, like how, like, the Jacksons or the Osmonds or these yeah. people that have like great fucking harmonies with each other because they have genetically similar voices. So it sounds yep. like one choral instrument. Um, so then you'll have like, also, I believe you get that with like rhythm and feel, right? So you got this band of like siblings who love all, and for one, how many people grew up with three or two different siblings and y'all got along and liked the same shit enough to want to play together? <laughs> yeah. So it's just this really weird, like it's something special, man. So, yeah. They're uh they're going, they're, they're going places. That's all I can say. This is the last time I talked to their dad. It was just like, <laughs> make sure you get an entertainment lawyer, man. Cause like, yeah, with something like that, everyone's going to have intentions and everyone's going to come out, but you know what? That's cool. Cause all that means is they have success coming their way. So as long as you prepare yeah. for that, you can enjoy the, like the good part of the fact that like, dude, you raised your kids amazingly. Look at this. Like how many, like I said, how many people's kids are not only in a band, but like in a band and like i've never seen a band so young be so accepted by every older generation like you go you seen them when they played the uh, uh women's fest out in uh liverpool well, and like yeah, you got yeah, like all these old like 60 year old like oi rockers like one like this right here that's all like that one and you're like yeah. fuck dude they're like transcontinental badasses getting accepted on all kinds of different scenes so shout yeah. out the goddamn doll heads they're amazing and i'm sure they're going amazing places yeah, I just talked to their dad. We just watched them at the space the other night, and I was a little drunk and a little, uh, little conversational, yeah, a little conversational for sure. And it was like, yeah, we were having a good time. But uh, you know, th that band and so many other bands that I'm just like watching. I'm like, if there was a scene like this when I grew up, when I was playing music in North Dakota, I would have freaking never stopped playing music. I would have just kept playing music my whole life, and my whole complete concept of where I am now would be so co like crazy. I'd be like business coaching what the fuck is that no i'd be like i'd right. be like still struggling to make money and whatever doing whatever with music but that's the thing like you know the the scene here it's so tight for each little pocket like you're saying like each each little pocket has its tightness right and everybody accepts every band like you know even if they're not great in the first go like you're like hey you know keep going like don't stop like this is why you're we're all together and i've never seen a support system in any 
Um, and I've played, and I played even up in Oregon and stuff like that. Like usually it's, it's a competitive nature, right? It's like, Hey, we want to be better than that band. We want to get more recognition than that band. But here it's not like that. And here it's like, everybody supports everybody in almost every scene that I've seen so far. Yeah. It's we've always, I've always felt really different. We live right next to LA, right? So you grow up right next to like the Mecca of this and especially growing up in the, you know, middle, late nineties and early two thousands seeing so many like LA bands and just the feel of that, like we're going to make it, you know what you need to do to make it. Oh, here's my card. That whole, yeah, that whole thing. That's just not my vibe. And I don't think that's like the Las Vegas vibe. So like, to me, like growing up as a, like skateboarding kind of describes it to me. Like the, the feel of it is like, if you go to a skate park, right. And say you got like fucking Tony Hawk and all the other greats there. And they're there. They're all sitting at the skate park and there's some little fucking kid who's six years old or seven years old. He's trying to Ollie. Right. And he gets that Ollie. They're going to be stoked. Same thing. If there's some like, you know, 25 year old dude who's just learning how to skate and he's trying to land this trick and he's trying for two or three hours and he finally lands it, everyone's going to blow up. It doesn't matter yeah. that he's Tony Hawk and he knows that kids. Know. It's it's about the participation. The fact that, like we love this art. You're participating in this art. Now, now that's not that be said. I think healthy competition is great. Like I think all the bands that we were just talking about, like that downtown scene have a healthy competition where they realize yeah. they're all really solid bands and they want to like, not in a mean way, but want to go outperform each other and, and yeah. raise the bar and keep pushing each other. Like you would in any like good competitive type of sport. You don't want to yeah. compete against losers. You want to compete against the fucking best. That's what yeah. makes you the best. So I think we have a really good balance of just like, cool, you're here. You don't even got to be the best. You can play the best and you'll get the same amount of support. But after playing with the best for a year or two, I bet you're going to be a lot better. And we, yeah. I think everyone kind of instinctively seems to kind of know that out. Not out here. We're not like some like crazy thing because we're Las Vegas. It just so so happens to have shaken down that we have a really good scene. But it feels very supportive like that. And uh, I don't know. At least in my end of things, I've always tried to preach that. It's like you know, if someone's even like getting up on like, how hard is it to just learn a song, get up and perform in front of people? Like, I got fucking respect for you if you do that. Yeah. You know. I still like cool struggle to remember my own lyrics. You could have just like, talked shit about people and been a bitch. <laughs> you actually decided to do, and I got anyone who does, I got nothing but respect for. Yeah. And that's actually kind of another part of the, I guess it's not just the new generation, but like there's been a lot of bands who do act like that. Right. And then they get kind of canceled out of the culture. It's like <laughs> those bands that kind of can't act like that, start no shit and then like just disappear. Mm -hmm. Cause everybody's like, don't go to the, like, don't ever yep. watch them. Like, you know, that, I'm not a necessarily a fan of like immediately like destroying somebody over one instance or something like there's obviously borders like boundaries. No, it's the, like constant, that, right? the whole cancel culture thing. I'm definitely not necessarily like at this point, because it's got so prevalent, I've got to the point where like, you know, you want to believe everyone first, but at the same time, I still have to ask critical questions about every exactly. situation and we have to answer critical questions because these are critical situations. And so if I come to a critical conclusion after checking all the facts and it seems like so I, you know we'll have instances where like it seems like sometimes a kid might get mad at another kid and it's like you guys were friends for three years and then you're getting my dms and be like they can't come to your shows no more and i'm like well why not well they're a racist like well that, that's kind of funny you're a person of color and you guys were friends for years well why are they racist and they'll show yeah. me some shit that's really questionable that like i have to believe you know and you're, you're just like i'm not going to cancel for that at the same time I've like with the hard flip situation. Someone's like, Hey, here's these text messages. And it's like, well, hold on. Let me make a post real quick. Like it, it's, it's hard, but it, overall, I think it's for the better. Cause people didn't used to call out this shit. Like how many girls do I know were fucking assaulted when I was younger that never said anything. Cause dude was popular. Or maybe they were drunk and they didn't want to like, so I'm all for 
like I'd rather the casualties be an innocent person, like an innocent dude who get his name slagged, than a, a girl being assaulted. You yeah. feel me? So Somebody like who actually is a victim, right? Like no, I mean, believed. like not to say that someone who doesn't get falsely accused of something isn't a victim, but I'm just saying I'd rather the, that be the type of victim victimization happening as opposed to like someone getting assaulted. Yeah, you know, shit like that. So it's a gray area, and I don't think anyone any one person could define what what is or what isn't. But like, I I tend to just want to side with morality and logic. Like, what was right and what's logical here? You know. Yeah. And some of these times, I think like some of these situations with people getting canceled or some of the bands, it's stuff that could have been like instead of canceling the band, is this a is this a chance for us all to grow? Could we have had yeah. a conversation here that helps people grow and change their mindset? So even if they're not in the scene no more, when they go back in the world they have a changed mindset because at the end of the end of the end of the day, if we're supposed to be like, um, uh, especially in the rock and I'd say we're pretty left, left wing in this rock community yeah. that we're in, right. Definitely a very progressive, almost liberal yeah. type of community. I hate that word, but you know, definitely left wing po political yeah. party. So we're supposed to be kind of like the people who are a little bit more less than ignorant, according to the ways that we're portraying ourselves. So if yeah. we're going to be like that, then we have to kind of acknowledge that we're going to engage ignorance. Now, if every time we engage ignorance, we just shut it down and ship it out, it stays ignorant and gets madder, which makes more yeah. of a problem for us. If I can engage ignorance with logic and like just a little bit, and I'm like, again, I'm, I have this conversation with the kids in here. It's like, if you're a trans kid, bro, I'm not asking you to go talk to that fucking big mean biker bar what i am saying is that you've got resources in your scene like me we're gonna be like hey that dude's making me feel comfortable i'll go talk to that guy you know yeah. what i mean and we can there might be a chance that i could talk some sense into it and i've i've talked some sense into people about a lot of these subjects you know so i feel like yeah. a lot of the way forward in this is going to be like anything else in the world communication we have to communicate whether i like this person or not we coexist something has to give here and I don't expect them to give. So let me see if maybe I can find some chinks in their logical armor and pull apart some of these like kind of regressive, small-minded, you know, think tank ideas and expose like, hey, like it's not a big scary world. We're all just kind of chilling and we all want to be loved and have our own space here. And we're not encroaching yeah. on you. Let us be our weird selves over here type of thing. So. Yeah. And it's it's kind of that mindset. Like I, I remember when I used when I was growing up, there was always that mindset of like, oh, one day all the old racist bigots are going to die and then the the world will be a better place. I'm like, no. actually, they're going to have kids and they're likely going to be just as racist and bigoted as that person unless you get them to change their mind about it. So if you just push away, like, again, cancel culture is basically pushing the problem to somewhere else, right? It's like basically. if you just push away that problem, it's not going to end the problem. It's just going to make you uh, basically feel like that problem's over for yourself, but it's just pushing it somewhere else, right? So have the conversations, have like an open dialogue back and forth. And as soon as somebody says something you don't like, ask them why they think that way instead of saying, no, that's not how it works. Like, that's not real. That's not logical. That's not fact or whatever. Like ask them why they believe that way and then have the conversation of beliefs instead of, uh, you know, facts or, you know, who's right or who's wrong. Beliefs are very rarely ever factual and they're very ever fully black and white right and wrong right beliefs are yeah, there's no black and white in this it's such a sliding gray scale that it's it's that's why it's so kind of hard to talk about this uh, any kind of like definitive nature because yeah it's so subjective yeah and i i, I still to this day I, I won't go out of my way to like say like i'll never talk to that person i'll never support that person i'm like i support anyone until they basically have done me wrong and if if part of that is them like sexually assaulting somebody I feel they've done ream wrong by basically misportraying themselves as somebody who they portray themselves as being when they are doing the opposite. Right. So right. that is like, you know, one thing, but 
No, I mean, I'm of course, we're going to have lines. Like, I mean, and I think stuff like that's unspoken. I think when we talk yeah. about like this canceling thing, I think everyone can agree that genuine, actual fucking assault, anyone who's abusers in like a real sense of the word, who's like, dude, for real, like abusing or raping or, or fucking whatever, like we can all pretty much assume that we can cancel those people. I'm not yeah. trying to stick up for anyone who's yeah. any kind of weird fucking rapist or physical abuser in any sense of the word. No no contextual weirdness there to get the fuck out of here. Like, and we mm -hmm. all feel like that. So I think a lot of this stuff, what we're talking about here is an extreme. We're not talking about people who are like yeah. complete racist. We're talking about the, we're talking about the, you know, like, I'm not going to say the band, but one of, one of the bands out here had, uh, one of the members had said, Hey, look, um, I don't believe in any political organization that's been co-opted by a major like money source by a major like think yeah. tank funding bank that, that, something like that yeah right and so and they said that applies to everything and they included black lives matter in that now i can say i have friends out here like my buddy uh, joe anuda bryant who were like key figures in the organization of blm and on the west coast in its early stages who i know now or not even now like within eight or nine months pretty much people i knew who were on the ground floor of that organization were like uh, it's pretty much been co-opted now all right yeah. so I kind of like get where the kid's saying. And so I get what he's saying. And what he's saying is that like, this was something cool and it got corrupted. So I'm not going to buy into it. He's not saying he doesn't value black lives matter. Right. But yeah. that's what it got twisted into. And it got to the point where uh, people tried to, the band still play. So I'm not going to throw it out there, but um, they tried to cancel him. But two of the members got like assaulted by his big, tough, hardcore kids. And um, they had to quit the band because they were like, literally like a PTSD from like going out because people were going to beat him up because their singer, that espouse that idea right and that's yeah. an idea that i can agree with and it's like so stuff like that's what i'm talking about when i'm talking yeah. about this cancel culture stuff i'm like that's a conversation you could have had and y'all could have got to the bottom of this without anyone being assaulted or any any bands being kicked out of the scene you know so yep and i, I feel like there's a lot of that like i was talking about the person who got in my inboxes about you know their friends are racist wait that person that you were friends with for three fucking years that i go back and scroll through your insta that you were kicking a tuck with like all of a sudden you didn't know that for three it sounds like something happened y'all got mad and now you're trying to flip like uh, man no kids want to admit it but how many 16 year olds has done or said some edgelord shit across all races and genres that they probably wouldn't want anyone else in public to hear yeah i'm a human i know that shit happens so i try and have that in my mind when a kid's talking to me about it about stuff it's like is this a kid just being kind of edgy with their friends and pushing boundaries and seeing where those boundaries lie as as a growing human in the world or yeah. are they hateful people pushing rhetoric you know what i mean and a lot of times they're not hateful people pushing rhetoric a lot of times it is these kids just trying to figure out what it is and do some of these kids might like uh not me personally but i come from like trailer parks and like situations where like i grew up around like woods like fucking yeah. pecker woods like prison racist white folk right and like a lot of these kids might come from situations like that where they might they might have good hearts and they might have to de be deprogrammed on an idea or two that are slightly problematic. Overall, yep. these might be great kids who came from a really fucked up place who are still working on getting that, you know, so like and the reason why they're like, not in that place kids off something don't... beautiful because they're trying to grow and, and they came from ugly. Like we all come yeah. from I think if you end up in our scenes, you came from something ugly because you're kind of some weird traumatized kid who's like loving music to the point where you eschew everything else in society and your focal point is like fuck this just creation of music everything else is ugly so i think if we all just had a little bit more empathy about where everyone else is coming from about this stuff we could cancel maybe a little bit less people unnecessarily yeah i agree and i think a lot of those people who are trying like you're saying like come from these places they're a lot of times they're like they don't like the way that 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 scene was that they came from so they're trying to right. like 
get away from it, but they're still going to have like those trickling, whatever. Of course, man. You grew up, like, nature versus yeah. nurture, right? Yep, exactly. So I think let's wrap up the first segment because there was a lot in there. Uh, we, we had some really good conversations, but uh, I want to see, I want to play something from not for sale. And I, I don't know if you have the rights for this song, but yeah. there was a live performance of like you guys did for bridge city sessions. I think. Yes. And in that, you guys played Temporary Arms. And I really would like yeah. to actually play Temporary Arms from that session. Would, would that be okay if I do that? Yeah, of course. Yeah. Fantastic. Okay. So we're going to take a quick break. Flagging your video we're, real quick. Yeah, we're going we're gonna to hear Temporary Arms by Not For Sale. And we'll be back right after this. Temporary Arms. Take one.
Welcome back to the Power by Rock podcast. I'm here with Cody from Asteroid M Records. Hey, Cody, are you, are you ready to be put in the spotlight? Put me in the spotlight. All right. Some of these I think you'll have a uh, a very good opinion on. So the first one I want to ask you is obviously we, we've been talking about the Asteroid M sessions. You've had a lot of really cool bands on there, um, some Las Vegas locals and even some international bands like the Svetlanas. But do you have a band in mind that you really want to get on there or just record an album for? Uh, locally or internationally? Anything. If you could pick um, a band that you're like, I want these dudes to like play a show in my house. Mm. Fuck, man. That's <laughs> what genre? I really like to fucking who's blowing me away right now. Um, Oh, Death by Oonga Boonga. They're like a oh, New York uh, yeah. indie rock garage rock thing. And I fucking am digging the shit out of them right now. They're um, on my they used to be on my wall. But yeah, they actually won. Okay album of the year with their last album on for powered by rock in like 2021 or whatever was that the uh, uh modern man album yeah m- dude. Uh, modern male insecurity or whatever heavy yes, male insecurity. Yes. Yeah. dude that i was just posting that the other day that is such a great album i've probably listened to that 20 times in the last month i fucking love yeah, that album it's fucking great i love it I'm, i was so, like i even they were actually the very first uh guests on powered by rock podcast are you kidding me the very first guest you're in touch with those dudes yeah, I know. Dude, if they're ever swinging through Vegas, I for sure want to do a fucking session with them. Sounds good. Well, there you yeah, go. I'll well, bug yeah, you about that. We, yeah, so that your band. Come true. Look yeah. at that. Full circle, right? Yeah. <laughs> so they're the first ones. And now technically, as of today, you're the last one. And if I stop making this episode, uh, these episodes tomorrow, it would definitely be a full circle, right? It's a contiguous storyline there. <laughs> Better than that of Star Wars. Yeah, and I fucking love like, Death by Unga Bunga. That their music, like they've they've gone through like a couple of different phases, but like yeah. the, the newest stuff is really, really, really good. Yeah, it's it's uh, yeah, it's good, man. Sometimes people just put things together perfectly. It's like you've had a, a a cheeseburger a million times in your life, but every once in a while you go to a place you're like, fuck, man, that's. I know I've had a bunch of cheeseburgers. That's yeah. a really good cheeseburger, and yeah. I feel like they did that with that album. It's it's like something, nothing on that's like groundbreaking or nothing, but it's it's just done so well. The execution is so tasteful, like the crisp yeah. lettuce they put right before the butter pickles. Of you know, yep. it's, <laughs> that's how I feel about that album. They know so exactly what they're doing. Yeah, yeah. All right, cool. Uh, question number two. So I had mentioned that you also helped put some shows together, but if you could put together the best show of all time with a mix of local and non-local bands. Let's say you got five or six bands. Who would you put on that bill? Like a, just a just a badass bill that I just, would like. Like this is fucking. If I have my dreams come true, this is Cody's. Okay, best let's rock let's show of all time. let's start let's start from the bottom. Um, so I would put um, holding on to sound from Las Vegas on there because I said best okay. band to come out of at Las Vegas. Um, so we'll do the local thing first. Unfair fight. No one ever. No one's to this day has captured Dan's performance level. So if we're doing, we'll do four, and then let's do two big time X. Fucking Green Day. Um, Green Day consistently always the most entertaining shows I've ever seen. I think I've seen them like probably more than like like eight or nine times, and okay. always fucking great. Like just a whole time, I fucking love them. And then Nine Inch Nails, because I've never got to see fucking Nine Inch Nails, and I just everyone that's ever gone has said that they're just fucking crazy good show. So yeah. I'd like to see them. Radiohead's technically one of my favorite bands, but I feel like there's a high probability of being let down by a Radiohead performance if Tom's like feeling weird or something. So yeah. I feel like with that stack of bands right there, I'm just going to get everything I want. But yeah, that's nice. that's my on the fly. I'm sure I could like sit down and you know come up with better answers, but that's my from the that's hip thing. That's pretty interesting. I mean, I don't know how like 
how that would bill out where you actually like, obviously most of the people there would be like watching green day. And then, you know, there'd be the, there'd be the green day fans and there'd be the nine inch nail fans. And they'd be like, what the fuck are we doing in That's the same place at nowadays. the same time? It's like nineties music. So like, then, so yeah. with that, I capture kids nowadays, the TikTok yeah. crowd. Yeah. And then, then I just got the local bands on there. <laughs> yeah. I but uh, I mean, this is like all time, like, you know, this this wouldn't so if it was like right now obviously it wouldn't have holding it'd be like fucking pure sport and i'd have to flip the coin between desert and uh desert island boys and anti-vision because those are my dudes yeah um those guys all fucking rock too yeah yeah those are my guys um, but yeah but yeah like I, it's weird because like I, I had a conversation with my my sister-in-law uh she's like 26 so i'm 26 i think and i was like how the fuck does so many bands in las vegas know talking head songs i'm like why right. are they so big now i'm like they were big, like big when I was a kid, but like, I didn't know like their songs word for word or anything. And then like, there's people covering them. Like Rose we didn't Levy like did the eighties and the nineties. It was, was passe. Like, we were yeah, like, I don't want to listen to that eighties bullshit. Like, let's exactly. be real. Like most people, like you'd have the weird outliers who liked like uh Prince and you talking heads and you know, whatever punk rock. But like, for the most part, like in the nineties and two thousands, eighties music was super passe. And then somewhere yeah. around 2012, that whole, lmfao kind of like neon 80s revivalist type of thing kind of swung through and i don't think it ever left and now i think yeah. it's all the decades the kids just i'll do a 65 today i'm gonna yeah. do a throw i'm saying a lot of like late 70s like hairstyles right now like a lot of the girls are like rocking a lot of these like kind of joan jet kind of feathered things going on and so yeah. like i feel like as a kid now you just have like the whole history to pull from plus you know modernity so yeah yeah makes sense but I was just blown away. I was like, how the fuck does everybody know a talking head song? <laughs> I was like, my dad liked that. But like, I was like, meh, whatever. But they're yeah. so good. I just never got really that far into them. But people now are like, yeah. All right. So let's go to question number three. Was there ever a moment where you almost walked away from music? And if so, what was the reason? <laughs> Why did you decide not to do it? Once a week. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> because I've come too fucking far. There's one and two right there. That happens every week. Every week. Yeah, I question invested myself. too much. I can't cash my chips out yet. I just, I've gone, I've come too far. And what the fuck am I going to do now? Not make music? Like, I don't know. What the, who the fuck could I be without me? Like, I, like, it gets to a point because it's like, this, as you know, it's a labor of love. Like, um, I, I get like somewhere between like 100 and 200,000 streams in a year, depending on if it's a good year or not. Um, we do pretty decent on everything. And of course, and across all my different platforms, like, I probably, barely bringing in enough to cover my $50 a month Bandcamp pro fee because it's like there's no money in this shit so like yeah. the, my whole thing like it's not the money so it's, it's just as who I am so I, I can't quit but it's a thankless thing so every week like I'll be sitting here doing shit and you know how it is you do podcasts you're gonna do this I'm gonna share it once or twice and then like you put your whole fucking life in this and you you know bands are gonna share it once or twice and then they just move the fuck on and you just gotta yeah. keep going and you just gotta yep. keep going and sometimes <laughs> you're just sitting there like do people even give a shit or is this all me and my ego trying to play like look at me i'm important so i go through that yeah. all the fucking time but then like people will say nice shit and be like hey man i checked out that session or hey i really enjoy it and like so i get validation that kind of lets me know that okay maybe i need to get out of my head and just record that band it's not a big deal and don't yeah. quit and you enjoy this and so yeah man it's a pretty regular cycle with me <laughs> yeah. i've even had like random bands i've never met from like the east coast and in europe and stuff be like hey i really like that episode you did about marketing i'm like really because like i think like 30 people listen to it you must have been one <laughs> i was like exactly. what the hell <laughs> and but that's cool man that means something that's yeah. that's real you know that's yeah. that's someone's whole time out of their life they, they were like hey 
I'm going to listen to see what Isaac has to say today. You know, I yeah. think Isaac's a cool enough guy that I want him to be my narrator for my life today. That's fucking yeah. cool, man. Yeah. It's very interesting. It's just, you don't really know what to expect because the internet is just so vast, obviously, right? Like you could like be throwing it, a bottle into an ocean and hoping somewhere and some shore fucking gets it. Yeah. <laughs> or what do we used to do when we were kids? We let a balloon go and it like had a tag on it and like landed yeah. in fucking South Dakota in the middle of a grass field or something. Right. You're like, what the fuck? <laughs> yeah. Some farmer's going to find this one day. Yeah. So let's talk about question number four. This is based on just because I don't know that much about previous venues or anything like that, but a co- like in all of the time that you've lived in Las Vegas, what has been your favorite music venue in Las Vegas? Does it still exist? What about it did you like? And how would you like to see something like that exist? Hundreds. Anyone from yeah. my generation is going to say the hundreds. Hundred was yeah. a medium cap venue that was all ages that at the time it had decent sound when i was a kid i'm sure if i went back now i'd probably like this is horrible but it had big sound everyone from smashing pumpkins sublime still fucking like everyone everyone fucking came through there and played there um and it was just this mecca dude like kids from like we have scenes on all different sides of town because we don't have shit like that now like that used to be the scene that and off of maryland parkway you'd have like um fucking from balcony lights down to trimmers and fucking ozone and cafe de copio and cafe roma you had this whole like section where all the kids from town bust down to and we all hang out down there and you meet kids from every different section and so like that was it man we had this thing and it was a big i mean you see the hundreds parking lot you can imagine that accommodates quite quite a a bit of young kids and cars and hanging out in the parking lot and smoking your weed and we used to go they'd be pretty hard about drinking out front so we'd go drink around back and fucking one of my bands played with the killers there at one point fucking it's uh it was epic and the kids don't have that they were like the space is kind of like that and the space is amazing i love the space but the space isn't set up like that it's like a performance yeah. it's like a performance space for off-broadway type of shows yeah. and things it's like that corporate it's, type of stuff or yeah and and dude mark mark who runs that place is fucking awesome he basically runs a charity when he lets us do shows there he's basically yeah. like you're gonna cover my operating costs and we might make 800 dollars in liquor like yeah so dude like shouts out to mark for literally like putting his like super amazing venue for us to throw like fucking punk shows and shit at so i I love the space but it's like as a kid you it's hard for a kid to come up with fifteen hundred dollars to be able to like cover the cost of a venue right where the huntridge was just a venue and you bringing your band there was how they ran their business so like you could get onto these big shows and uh local bands could do like big release shows there and push all fucking push all month and then it was like the thing to do so definitely the huntridge man i don't think anything has ever brought the the camaraderie or a scene together like having like a proper medium-sized venue that's all ages so Yeah. yeah That'd be my answer. Have you seen what they're what they're planning to do with it? And do you think it's going to be kind of similar, or do you think it's just going to? It will never be anything like that because there's not money in all ages shows. That's why there's no all ages venues out here. I mean, just just flat facts, it's money. Um, so they're going to put it into some like they'll probably put a little cultural nod to what it used to be and have like some performing spaces where they'll do like they did in the park. You got a lot of that generation are now like the cool older bands, like the Souvenirs and the Hypnotics and uh, the Shakewells and that sort of like hip older punk who now plays like classic like 40s music type of thing. You'll see those type of shows probably in there, but I doubt you're ever going to see like some mid-tier national act, you know, who's pulling 300 people with seven locals. yeah but that's okay it's a time and a place man vegas is that's the thing about vegas is it's always changing and always growing so that was that for me but the kids nowadays might feel the same way about ferguson's you know so who am i to say but that for me definitely the hundreds for my generation is the one yeah and ferguson's definitely not doing a bad job it's just 
they still have to cover like alcohol costs, even though it's an all ages venue. And it's like, well, this also doesn't make sense. <laughs> like, yeah, there's, there's no financial way to make it work out here. That's why it doesn't happen because the cost yeah. of the cost of the insurance that it takes to get the license required to run it is so prohibitive that you cannot, even with great shows all the time, make your money back and cover insurance overhead and staffing and do all ages shows. And that has a hundred percent to do with the local Las Vegas government. Um, Ronald Corso, who runs 11 street records a few, probably like seven or eight years ago now had, uh, Oscar goodness more than that. Cause Oscar Goodman was still the mayor on the time he asked, had Oscar and asked him, uh, so, you know, what do we do about this all ages thing? You know, there's no all ages venues. We can't get permits. Oscar's like, oh, hold on. He's talking to his secretary. Do you know about this? What do you, you don't know about? Write this down. Write this down. Like they don't even, it's, there's no money in this. Like we're talking about something like politicians care about money. Yeah. This issue is so small that like, even though it's an easy change, it's, it, you, you have to give them money to change things. Cause they like got yeah. too many other shits they're worried about than passing some legislation about uh, the underage dance, hall, underage dance hall permit laws in Las Vegas yeah. that were set up in the fifties. Cause they didn't want anybody going anywhere, but the strip. So, you yeah. Know. But makes I, sense. I mean, but the cool thing like I always say about that is there's a double-edged sword. So now all the kids have to learn how to self-promote, how to get like there's so many self-reliant skills that are learned from our local kids in this scene out here. The other scene yeah. kids don't have to learn because you got to be your own promoter here. You got to book your own shows, book the tour, figure out who's going to get the sound out to the backyard for you. You know what I mean? Figure out a door guy, security, all by yourself if you want to do a show in the DIY scene in Las Vegas. Yeah, most yeah, cities like you got business three person. or four or five spots that you can go play your little shows at because they don't have you know, this fucking archaic like licensing laws that are prohibitive, prohibitive from people starting all ages venues. So yeah, it sucks and it's cool. Like we wouldn't have such a great scene, honestly, if it was like, if, if it was easy to be honest. Yeah. I think the DIY part of it makes, that's why a lot of bands support each other. Cause they're like, we're, this is so hard to do. <laughs> like we exactly. know how you feel. Yeah. That's it, it brings um, us together, you know, cause we, yeah. it's us against the, it's us against the city of Las Vegas. Cause they don't want us to be able to like, do this they'll send the fucking police like what the don't get me wrong i'm yeah i don't believe all anything like acab i ain't mad at acab like that's cool but like we, we've i've honestly had a lot of decent interactions with fucking the cops like coming out and being like look dude the kids aren't on drugs they're not out fucking running in gangs out or they aren't right now uh yeah. you know what i mean and we're there's nothing crazy going on they're literally just listening to music and i'm keeping them out of your hair can you give me like 30 minutes we got a band from california all right we'll be back in 30 minutes so yeah you know it's one of those things that even the cops are like how the you know like it's a, it's you know it's it's one of those like gray areas where yeah. Like we're not doing nothing bad and they don't want to have to, you know, b bust us down. But the neighbor over there definitely doesn't want to hear this hardcore band at 1130 when they got to work in the morning. So I understand all the sides of it. It's just it's just real sloppy. And it's all because the city won't provide for its people. But, you know, say yeah. la vie, such as American politics. And that's what I was going to say. I mean, like casinos don't let kids in after 10 p.m. And that's including like they have bowling alleys. They have. You know, they have literally family stuff in like where most people have that in a shopping mall. We, we have those there in shopping malls, too. But like bowling alleys, movie theaters, they're in casinos here. Right. And if kids can't go there past a certain time, like where are they supposed to go? Like you don't have any place for them to go. All they're going to do is go hang out with friends because they stay like kids stay up later than all of us adults for sure. Like when I was young, I was staying up to like two o'clock in the morning. I'm not right. saying I was always raising hell, but I'm up like I'm bored. Right. I'm going to find something exactly. to do. And so like what what can I do? And if there's nothing for somebody to do they're going to find ways to be destructive in a lot That's of times it right there. You just nailed the whole fucking thing. I'm bored. Yeah. I'm going to find something to do. And like where I'm at in, in our section out here on the East side of town, like it's like a kind of the lower income side of town. So then like a lot of these kids don't, 
have access to stuff and the shit they do have access to is is, is like fucking gangs and selling yeah. drugs and fucking you know hustling and fucking scamming and fucking so like there is a lot of danger for idle hands are the devil's playground out here so like if yeah. we can like like i'm really big into teaching kids how to engineer and learn if we can just like give them something and this diy scene is is for these kids they love this shit because all these kids in this they they come from those backgrounds i can't tell you how many of these like so many of them like probably at least 50 percent of these kids got like gangs or drug dealers in their immediate family you know yeah. what i mean and they deal with the shit that comes from that seeing blood spilled seeing like real fucked up shit and like so like they don't have a there's no community outlet for these fucking kids so you know i, I feel like music provides that this diy scene we have provides that like was it crazy at home today well you can come kick it with your fucking you know fellows or your girls who like also probably had a pretty crazy like it's this yeah. reprieve from everything else that's going on and so yeah. you know and, and it's that's i think like you said it, it's so insular and everyone has to prop each other up so much that that's why we have such a tight scene out here and not like other cities because other cities it is kind of like oh we're gonna go play that show against that other band where in this here it's like we're gonna throw a show with that other band and we're all yeah. gonna you know we don't have these things so uh that probably is a big you know i haven't thought about it in that context but that's probably a big reason why we have such a amazing fucking scene out here yeah and it makes sense because <laughs> no corporation is or no bars are like owning the scene right like you go to like san diego for example it's not too far away but they have specific bars that like you want to play kensington yeah, there's like eight places play. to play down there including yeah. in north county exactly it's crazy so the last question in this which i think the the, the spotlight questions anyway um this is one i always ask everybody uh, so what four musicians would you put on your personal Mount Rushmore for either being influ influential to you or being your favorite? So don't have to be the same player. Like, you know, uh, it could be four singer songwriters, four bassists. It doesn't have to be like a full band, but just yeah, yeah. would be your four. Um, so I'm going to go off the cuff on this one. Not a lot of people expect this. Number one is going to be Violent J from ICP. Um, okay. <laughs> Violent J from ICP has this book, uh, Behind the Makeup, which basically he um, lays out the best DIY methodry. And it kind of gets, it's the method behind how ICP blew up. He explains sure. what they did to do it. And it is literally like the fucking DIY Bible. Like it's like so fucking good. Yeah. But um, like I went to the first ICP show at the Huntridge Theater out here and stuff. So I kind of grew up a juggalo and um, that that sense of belonging, feeling and bringing multiple different bands under the same fucking label and kind of making your own thing and saying fuck the world type of thing. I very much carry that into Asteroid M Records. So very heavily introduced by the um, business. Like, I don't think anyone's going to say ICP makes the greatest music, including juggalos. But yeah. uh, business wise and DIY mind wise, like, God, so fucking like so impressed with those with with how he managed to move his business forward so there's that um tim armstrong from rancid i gotta nice. give a huge shout out to i went to you know we all go through shit but when i was going through my shit phase i uh like i i, I kind of came up in a time when punk rock was like you know it was like same as you it was like the popularest thing in the fucking world so i liked some yeah. punk but i wasn't a punk rocker because at that time that meant you were wearing puka shell necklaces and shit like that that's puka shells what's wrong no i'm just kidding <laughs> right and so um you know i i was kind of wasn't really super into it at the time there was punk that i liked but i kind of was just like i liked music and then i remember right around a certain time i got kicked out when i was 17 like just straight out of my fucking ass and i didn't really have nothing to do so uh rancid 19 the first rancid self-title got handed to me by my buddy he's like hey i think you'll like this now and that whole whole thing is about tim kind of being 
out and homeless and stuff. And I just, yeah. the ov- overall vibe is like at the end of it, they got, it's the end of Let's Go, but they got the song Seven Years Down, where it's just the human spirit prevails. And so that always resonated with me. Like, yeah, it's hard right now. You feel like you're getting kicked in the ribs every fucking day, but like, uh, you got this. You're still going to get up. You like, if anything, just to say, fuck you, world, you ain't got me yet. I'm still yeah. going to do this. So, I got a lot, a lot from that and the kind of like, you know, the Operation Ivy disillusion and then starting over just that whole like nothing's forever. You can always pick up and start again type of thing. So I'm just a huge Rancid fan. I could sing like yeah. everything up until the last two albums. Yeah. Um, so the, and even the last album that they just put out is actually quite good. I was shocked. Yeah, I think it was their best album, their, uh, best album since Indestructible. Yeah. Um, Garth Brooks will be third. Okay. Garth Brooks will be number. If you're gonna three. pick a country singer, it's it's pretty much got to be Garth Brooks. Dude, dude, most dude, I, so, my, so number four is gonna be the next. The next would be uh, Snoop Dogg, and Doc, I'm combining Snoop Dogg and Dr. Dre in the year 1992 into one artist because they okay. pretty much were all over the place. But <laughs> yeah, they were together. Uh, those two, the the, the ICP and, and the Rancid things, kind of like the, the ethos behind what I'm doing. Um, just fucking having fun with music and shit. Dude, Garth Brooks in pieces. That album's fucking a punk rock country album. He's just all over that shit. But I remember being a little ass kid and my mom was always foisting country down my throat. Cause she's like a big country girl. My name's Cody Ray Levitt. Um, so like an I hated all that shit. But Garth Brooks would be like running around like a fucking madman. And he had this song, Ain't Going Down to the Sun Comes Up. And he's just like, yeah. and he's just going crazy on that song. And so I fucking. Loved Garth Brooks, man. And he really got me in it. I remember just singing singing that album all the time till I could damn near hit the notes with it as a little kid. And so that really got me in a, a lot into playing and singing and being musical. And then, dude, I, so, and then the other side of that is like, I grew up like right across the street from Hampton Port, uh, Hampton Court uh, Projects in Henderson on, on Driftwood. And um, so everyone in my neighborhood, like, it was just like, Dre and Snoop, 1992, like the Chronic and, and Snoop Dogg, uh, Doggy Style hit. I think it was 93. That whole next three or four years in my neighborhood was just nothing but Dre and Snoop and West yeah. Coast gangster ass rap. So today, like I like punk rock, gangster ass rap, and like outlaw country are like my three big things. Like I'm really big on the LA gangster rap right now, like fucking Baby Stone Gorillas and fucking uh, there's a bunch of shit. But yeah, so those would be my four, my four right there would be uh. Definitely. Day from ICP, Rancid, Garth Brooks, and fucking Dr. Dre slash Snoop Dogg. The double-headed monster. Yeah, there we go. (laughs) The the double-headed rapping genius. As you will, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. One, two, three, to the foe. All right. So the spotlight's off. Uh, We'll be back in just a few minutes to pretty much wrap this interview up, but uh, we'll stick around or stick around because we got more to talk with Cody right after this. Running your own music career is incredibly difficult. Trying to get people to like, share, comment, listen, follow. It's all just overwhelming. Most musicians give up before they ever achieve success, and that's the worst. If you're looking for a better way to grow your music career, head to DIYRockCareer.com for some absolutely free training. It costs you nothing, and it could be the difference between hitting your goals and quitting your dream. Go to DIYRockCareer.com today by clicking the link below this episode. Then I lost my way. Welcome back to the Power by Rock podcast. All right, Cody. So let's talk about what Asteroid M and Not For Sale have coming up uh, basically for the rest of the year, which you guys have coming up in, you know, the, the near future in 2024 as well. So I know you got some shows and stuff, but let's talk about what you got going on. All right. So we got on the 28th of this month of October, we got our um, annual 
Halloween festival that we do with the city of Las Vegas. They're cool enough to bring out like a nice stage and like set it up. And it's like a, a pretty nice little open lot uh, downtown between Hoover and Gas Street. It's right across from, uh, there's a theater there. I forget the theater, but it's right there on Hoover and Gas. Okay. And uh, so that'll be cool. That's free. We're going to have spelling. Oh, no, spelling hands dropped out today. So we have Anti-Vision, Desert Island Boys, Halt, Imperial Tide, Dead at Midnight, and Inframundo coming out for nice. that. So that'll be a really fun one. As far as Asteroid M, I'm just going to continue to like, I'm really focusing on the live sessions. So I'll be putting out, we trying to do weekly live sessions, but I'm also going out. And as I throw shows, I go out and I record. I don't know if you've been seeing the like um, the Asteroid Visions, which yep. is basically I go out and record studio quality sets from bands in backyards and live and then take it back home and mix it. So I actually have um, really like cool, like studio quality captures of live shows like in yeah. the element. So I'm really focused on that. Like I said, I'm really into the, the historian stuff. So we're, I, we got Desert Island Boys and Antivision will have a couple new releases. Three Rounds is always going to be dropping stuff because they just work all the time. And then, uh, yeah, we'll just be putting on shows for the little local scene. And the YouTube is really what I'm focused on right now, just trying to get as much documentation of, like, all this amazing, awesome stuff we have out here. Not even in Vegas now. I think my next, my last, yeah, for a three-video run right here, it's going to be, like, Seattle, 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 and San Diego. So we're really starting to expand outside of just the Vegas scene. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. as far as Asteroid M, man, just stay up to date on the uh, Asteroid M Instagram. Look for our shows if you're in Vegas. If you're anybody who follows us, fucking thank you so much i spend my whole life doing this and even if you're just one person i fucking appreciate that um yeah man i think that's all that we got going on man we're just focusing cool. on putting out good music good content and you know what i mean good shows for people to check out yeah i saw the, i saw the pure sport uh, cover of their territorial pissings by nirvana yeah. and i was like holy fuck this is really good quality everything like and jared right. actually is probably one of the only singers alive who can actually sing like kurt cobain if not better for that type of music, which I'm yeah, like, that's hard to pull off. So I wanted to yeah. put that one out there. Yeah. I was like puddle of mud tried doing a Nirvana cover and he got ruined for it. He was like terrible at it, but yeah, it's yeah, not easy to sing like Kurt Cobain did. So yeah, Jared, he's not trying no, to that's sound. Why I say best band in Vegas, man. They got the yeah. whole thing. They got the look, they got the fucking sound and they got the performance and they're not douchebags. Mm -hmm. They're really fucking cool guys. They like, they play the part just enough. Right. And they know right where the line to blur the line between like performative yeah. band, who's a corporation and, I'm fucking Jared who's in this before. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, they, they, they're so self-aware about the whole fucking process of their band. I just, they hear me. They're probably tired of hearing me say how much I love them across the fucking universe. Yeah. It very guys. much reminds me of like the Stephen Colbert, Colbert rapport or whatever, where he was like right. ultra conservative Republican, but then obviously it's just all irony, right? Like, right. Exactly. He moves away from me. He's like, no, that's all me telling them how stupid they all are about being like that. Right. Yeah. So, um, so I like it, man. And it's not too much. It's just, just enough. You know, it's just like yeah. all, it's like, it's a good recipe, man. There's not too much yeah. salt. There's not too much pepper. Everything gels good. And <laughs> yeah, fuck it, man. Yeah. All right. So basically, obviously we're going to put, you know, I'll put some links to everything that you have going on uh, below the show notes or below the episode in the show notes. But do you have any other like shout outs to anybody who you've been working with lately or anything that you want to say before we go today? Like, yeah, final shout word? out. Shout out Rose Levy. We made an awesome record before they uh, disbanded recently. Um, I would like to say, man, just shout out everyone. Shout out fucking Pulsar Presents. Shout out Brian who does Dirty Rock and Roll. Shout out GC Records. Fucking shout out everyone in Las Vegas. You know I love you. I fuck with all you guys. And if I don't fuck with you, fuck you. <laughs> yeah, there's a reason, goddammit. <laughs> yeah, that's like two of you. And you probably aren't watching this because you've probably seen my bitch-ass face on here. But if you are watching... 
You fucking nah, hate good. Love y'all. <laughs> you got to this point? <laughs> yeah, man. You got to have one or two haters, right? Yeah. All right. Last yeah. question before we sign off. Obviously, yeah. you just mentioned that Rose Levy has a uh, a new album, but name one piece of music that you think that's that's coming up, coming has come out this year or in the last 365 days. One piece of new music or new artist that you think people should go check out. Um. So. I can't talk too much about it because Larry has me under wraps about who we're working with, but I can say that I'm working, me and Larry bro have been working on the new life torment album for like a fucking year. And like, we have gone in on this more than I've gone in on any fucking piece of recording. We're basically going to mix it down. And once I get it mixed it down to where we're happy with stuff, it's getting sent over to God city music and the boys from converge are going to finish the album off for us. It's going to get sent off to mastering and We've got like for a local album, he's got like some fucking big names on this fucking thing. Stop by for cameos, but like it's Life's Torment. Everyone needs to check out Life's Torment and Panic Geek Records. Larry, Larry Bro's been out here since the 90s. He like, you want to talk about Las Vegas hardcore? Larry Bro is Las Vegas hardcore. Everyone go check out fucking Life's Torment. Uh, that guy's just grinding. I think they're probably one of the highest run- underrated bands because the genre they're in isn't so popular. But dude, if you look at Life's Torment, they're hitting all the fucking festivals throughout the US and Check out Life's Torment. If you're in a heavy fucking music, that split your head wide the fuck open. Life's Torment. Nice. Very cool. Well, that's it. Oh, that's all I got for you, Cody. But thank you so much for stopping by the show today. Uh, you know, it's it's been a good afternoon. We've had a conversation with. It's nice and sunny outside. The night's one last night. So everything's good pretty day. much right in the world, right? Good energy so, in the valley, yeah. Yeah, it's, it's awesome. So go check out the show notes below this episode. Just get to the links to not for sale, but also for Asteroid M, all the good stuff. Make sure to subscribe to, you know, Asteroid, Asteroid M on YouTube because there's some really, really good content. And like Cody said, it's documenting Las Vegas scene in, in a way that I don't think anybody else is doing it right now. So I definitely would highly recommend you go check that out. And obviously remember that the Powered by Rock podcast is powered by our listeners to show us some support. Please sh- subscribe to this and share it on, po- uh, you know, the podcast on social media as well. You can also check <laughs> check out and you know, uh, poweredbyrock.com for any merch gear, any new stuff we got going on, articles and stuff like that. And you can ju- go watch this interview on YouTube or on Spotify if you want to see the video there as well. That's our show for today. I'll see you soon for the next episode. Until then, rock on. Supposed to be easy